Coming up next, the Booketing continues their Redux. everybody welcome to the redux Lead 2020 Dukes. we're talking about our best of and worst of also i think we'll hopefully get to this episode of 2020 so gosh we talked about like uh, our best hero and who let's recount it real quick your hero last time samwise gam this is of all the books we did last year you guys yeah. both said samwise gamgee yeah i said bilbo baggins yeah pretty good hero i don't yeah. know book yeah. named after him not, not like Lord of the Rings is called Samwise. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> then we talked about best heroine. I said Natasha. Natasha. Did we all say Natasha? Natasha? Yeah. yeah. And so that was a win for Tolstoy. Kind of an easy win, I think. I mean, Natasha is just one of the best female portraits in literature. So what are you going to do? And then we said best supporting character. And that was a fun discussion because we all had something different. I said Gandalf because, I mean, come on. Gandalf is a boss. He's awesome. Love yep. him to death. One of my favorite characters in all of literature coolest wizard coolest mentor brandon said atticus finch for the same reasons <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> coolest wizard and you said Gollum. Jake Gollum, which was a great argument and you can go back and listen to it folks but <laughs> this that category is also who do we admire the most Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously. Who do you aspire to be? <laughs> right. So I'm working on my. Okay. My now, precious. I should say, <laughs> uh, speaking of precious, my identity is precious, and it is that I am Nathan. Are you, are you having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> you guys smell pop- popcorn? <laughs> uh, Brandon, of course. Hey. He's your precious scholar who's a baller of reading. And there's Jake. He's the pastor who's a master of bleeding. Ooh. That's lingered past Halloween this year. All right, guys. Next category of Reduxitude. 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 Biggest? I don't know who ordered these. I guess me. Biggest surprise of the year. Well, it definitely wasn't me because huh. a surprise. <laughs> right. So I will say yeah. I'm going to throw th- three things out there. Mm-hmm. At least three things. One, that I didn't want to shoot myself reading Johnny Tremaine. Mm-hmm. That was a big surprise. Yeah. Two, that I had, I'm going to throw four, that Waiting for, the, for Godot was the dumbest thing I'd ever read. You were surprised by that? Yeah, I didn't know anything about it, so I was sort of just hopeful. You just knew it as like a, a title that people- Yeah, yeah I didn't know anything yeah. else about it. Three, that uh, Never Let Me Go was something that I actually enjoyed and loved- I appreciated Remains of the Day. Remains of the Day. But you weren't a lover. As a piece of art, but I, I didn't love it. I didn't enjoy it. I thought I was in for the same experience, but that wasn't what I got with Never Let Me Go. Yeah. So that was a nice surprise. And then the last one was that I actually found Dune to be really fun and enjoyable. Yep. Well, those are good surprises. I'm not sure what. I don't know. I'm going to throw a couple more surprises out there. Take a part. That, that To Kill a Mockingbird held up as one of the great American novels. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing that out there. And that 1984 didn't feel as hack as I expected it to. I would throw that in there. I'd say Dangerous Laughter held up less well than I wanted it to or thought it would. Johnny T was definitely a big surprise for me. You know, the Trump of the Swan was a big surprise. Oh, yeah. It was such a weird LSD trip of a book. Coming out, knowing E.B. White, having read as much of E.B. White elsewhere and coming out of Charlotte's Web, Trumpet of the Swan was a big what the heck moment. Yeah, like WTH. WT heck. Not necessarily in a bad way. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, it, it's entertaining and not necessarily. Yeah, but it was a surprise. It was like. Yeah. What is going, what is yeah. this about and why is this about? And why is it referencing the Beatles? Isn't E.B. White a thousand years old? Like, <laughs> come on. Uh, well, Brandon, uh, your your job is to go first in this round. Well, you so. guys have already said everything. I know, but you have to choose the surprise of the uh, year for I your know seat. the surprise of the year for me. I, I would throw one more surprise would be that the Hollow Crown production ended up not being as good as we wanted it to be. It, it was kind of so active, dropped actively off. bad. I mean, it wasn't just not as good. It was in many the, places that pretty bad. F- the f- yeah. The front half... Of that 
was awesome and made you excited about the back half and the back half was the back half just felt like it was treading water and it felt like as jake said on more than one occasion i think they hired cumberbatch and thought our work is done exactly and yep. and their work was not done in no. fact they had taken a wrong turn in their work because cumberbatch was yep. an obvious should have cast against tight lame, lame choice uh, yeah. as you like to say yep i should have cast uh sean astin <laughs> honestly i mean yeah yeah that'd, that'd be interesting what would that guy do he with it? He could have yeah. made a Richard. You know, everybody would believe that he was sincere, which is what you kind of want with a Richard, actually. I, I love casting against him. Anyway, Brandon, your S- surprise of the year. My biggest surprise, I know this already. My biggest surprise is... I think you need to talk into the microphone. Oh, yeah, sorry. my <laughs> I forgot that we were doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest surprise is that War and Peace was so bad. No. My biggest <laughs> surprise is that I didn't like waiting for Godot. I did not care for it. Yeah. Huh. It, it was kind of garbage, actually. Hot, and, and hot you ex- garbage. And you had read it before and you expected it to... I liked Beckett. I thought I liked Beckett, but I did not enjoy Waiting for Godot. And it was just... It didn't make me laugh. I... Yeah. I was just like, do, am I really doing this? Maybe it's either it's either a sign of jadedness or that I'm becoming a part of the system man mm-hmm. or that I've matured past it. And I'm, I think I it's probably the last like one. I think it's the latter. I'm going to... I'm gonna, propose that we divide this into a happy surprise and bad surprise so that, that was the bad surprise yeah. the happy surprise well should we do your bad surprise yeah let's first? do all our bad surprises first so jake your bad surprise uh my bad surprise uh, you know it's funny all the surprises that i then had listed were happy surprises These are good surprises <laughs> my bad surprise is probably trumpet of the swan which is a mild bad surprise i would think but yeah yeah you had yeah mentioned, it's a, it's you had mentioned waiting for you to that's not a happy surprise. Yeah, but I also didn't know, I didn't have expectations. So f- for it to surprise me, I had I had high expectations for the trumpet of the swan. And so even though it, it it's a great, it's a fine, enjoyable, good piece of children's literature, it did not come anywhere near my expectations, either just in what it was or what it achieved. So, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't, I don't want to knock trumpet of the swan. I just... I was expecting. You were expecting a swan and you got a goose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trumpet of the goose. <laughs> Nathan. My bad surprise was, I don't know if I should be this controversial, but if I'm just going to be honest, the places where Lord of the Rings lost me were, and Lord of the Rings, let's be clear. And I'm not just saying this for <laughs> podcast politics. I'm saying it. I really believe this. It's a brilliant work and I love it. And Tolkien's one of my favorite authors, and Lord of the Rings is one of my favorite books. That being said, I did not expect the places where that book would drag. I thought the whole thing was just going to rock as much as I remembered it. Yeah. And as we talked about ad nauseum in those episodes, the books where you go back to the world of men, especially once you get away from some of the kind of fae stuff, and it's just like Gondorian politics, that stuff, that just dragged. I mean, it just... it. I, I don't care that Tolkien's interest in Gondorian politics vastly exceeds my own. And that's like Tolstoy. Yeah. Tolstoy's interest in Gondorian politics probably exceeds my own. Oh, he'd write you pamphlets on it, man. Yeah. No. Well, that's another thing to talk about. Yeah. So Lord of the Rings was brilliant. The places where it wasn't <clears throat> caught me by surprise. I kind of expected it's just be pure brilliance and like any work ep- epic work it kind of ebbs and flows more than i think i expected so it's a minor, mild kind of thing to say but it, if i'm really being honest about what hit me negatively this year it was that okay well best okay, surprise so good best surprise good surprise yeah yeah my the best surprise uh was how much joy i had finishing being done with dune <laughs> No, Brandon, uh, that sounds like a negative surprise. You jerk. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, no, it wasn't that bad, guys. I didn't hate it that much. My, actually, my real s- biggest surprise was one we just talked about, was being convinced that 1984 wasn't as bad as I thought it was. On mic? On mic. And I actually, I stand by that. That wasn't just me doing politics for the booking. I actually think it's better than I, I gave it credit for. Well, that's, uh, that's so nice. That is go. my big surprise for the year. So I'm going to have to talk myself into my answer here. I think if I try to be honest with my, I've listed a lot of positive surprises. I'm going to say that 
being surprised that I loved Never Let Me Go as much as I did uh, rates relatively low because I still had a pretty high standard of You knew it was going to be craft. good at least, yeah. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a good novel. If I'm being honest about 1984, not feeling as hack, I also anticipated that 1984 was going to be a easy, fun, pulpy read for me, like just like dumb candy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rate that l- uh, surprise low. That leaves To Kill a Mockingbird, Johnny Tremaine, and Dune. I enjoyed Dune. I don't know how surprised I, I am surprised by that. I mean, I will say if anyone was going to enjoy Dune, it was going to be you because yeah. you're usually the advocate of that sort of thing on this podcast. Yeah, and you told me that. And so I'm, I'm knocking that off the list. So now it's down to I enjoyed Johnny Tremaine and I've, I might argue that To Kill a Mockingbird is the great American novel. That, those were my two takes on those books mm-hmm. were really surprising to me. You are, would argue that Johnny Tremaine and To Kill a Mockingbird are the great American No, novels? that I enjoyed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> surprising to me. <laughs> no. No, um, that I enjoyed Johnny Tremaine. That Johnny oh, Tremaine yeah. even like inched by was a surprise yeah, to all that of us. I, like, that yeah. I actually liked it. Yeah. We chose that book under, uh, what's the word? Like, we were not being fair. We We were like... What is a book? It would be really fun to have another uh, Ready Player One, or like the or, books that we've just or, uh, or Madeline uh, Wrinkle and Wrinkle and Time. Time. That was like, exactly why we picked it. People it was, love the episodes where we can really just let loose and be as bitter and nasty as we truly yeah, are. Yeah, in A Wrinkle in Time and Johnny Tremaine, I think I read back to back in the same class that I hated in fifth grade. They have that same sheen to them for yeah, sure. Yeah, and and I, they have the same associations, mm-hmm. and so I was. It was Knives Out for Johnny Tremaine. And then, yeah, and then I I liked it. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, good. I it's liked not it. Wrinkle in Time, that's for sure. I enjoyed it. And then To Kill a Mockingbird, I expected to be hack propaganda liked for its politics. Mm, yeah. And was just blown away oh, by how- It's just good. Well written, yeah, everything man. about it. It's, it's just I really think as things perfection. settle, it it really might be the great American novel. I think it. I think it might be the. I, great th- American I think we novel. said Huck Finn earlier this year, but nah. I just reread it again with my students for AP Lit. Yeah, I really think I'm I'm coming more around. Yeah, it's it's good. It's amazing, and it's it has none stuff. of the stupid things that Huck Finn has, of which there are many. Right. If I'm then gonna be honest with myself again, deep down, I'm gonna say. I can see why I shouldn't have been as surprised that Johnny Tremaine was enjoyable as it was. You're talking about young adult literature, American Revolution stuff. It was more complex and cool Mm -hmm. than I, it was a great surprise. But I'm going to say I had no idea, not the faintest clue that I was going to come away even liking To Kill a Mockingbird, let alone putting it at or near the top of the list for great American novels. So that's my answer. That is a worthy answer. I actually thought of one more, which is Moon and Sixpence positively surprised me by coming around and being a good novel. It wasn't like that exciting of a surprise, but man, that first chapter of Moon and Sixpence set me up for such a slog that- Oh yeah, I enjoyed Moon and Sixpence. The fact that it was pretty good and interesting was a surprise. It's very well written. Well, you beat me on that and forewarned me, so- Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it might actually enter the- It might have to enter the discussion for style. Yeah, I, I- Please, Tolstoy, Austin, Harper Lee, Tolkien, even Milhauser and Ishiguro, and you're going to say that Moon and Sixpence enters the conversation? Please. I mean, it could at least... (laughs) It could like, White make a little peep in the conversation. It could, it could dip his toe into the stream of the conversation. I'm going to say... And then pull it out daintily. I'm going to say, ahead of Waiting for Godot, ahead of Johnny Tremaine... And ahead of 1984 and ahead of Dune. Okay, so on the on that list of three, four, five, six, seven, mm-hmm. thirteen, it crack barely cracks the top ten. Okay, okay, um, <laughs> that's fair enough. Well, well, we'll we'll get to the style discussion in a second, fellas. My biggest surprise. You'd think I'd, I've had two answers worth of time to think of this. Oh, so it's not Moon and Six Pit. I thought that was your. No, answer. no, no. That's just like another, another thing, thing that I thought was worth at least throwing yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice box ball. I, I am tempted to say Dune because I tried to read Dune a couple times as a teenager and just thought it was a slog. And I, I did enjoy Dune enough to read four Dune books. And that's more than Jake I, even enjoyed Dune, I that's think. more than I yeah. enjoyed. Certainly more than Brandon enjoyed. 
I guess I have the maturity of your teenage self. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe one day, Brandon, you'll be ready to read God Emperor of Dune. I was, and... I was on the edge the moment I finished it. I was on the edge of turning around and like I had it pulled up on Amazon on my phone no. the moment. But then what turned me was just like, I sat with it for half a minute and counted the investment mm-hmm. versus the payoff. And then I thought- Life is short. <laughs> Life is short. Well, what I want to say hard is- hard at best. If, if yeah. he had ended it on some note that you could engage with on some moral level, I think you would have ordered the next book. I think the fact- Without that a he, question. Yeah, I, right. I, I think the fact that he ends it with that stupid, even though we are concubines, we are wives, which is one of the dumbest parts of the books. And it's at, at also the last line. It's like, yeah, if you're so immature like that you thought that was how this book should end, it retroactively taints everything. I think that's right. Um, yeah. I really think if it wasn't for that, if it just ended with, and then Paul ate all the bad guys with his sandworm and life was good. I, I think you <laughs> I ordered, might have turned you right around. As, I would have loved that novel. <laughs> yeah. Because when Paul is massing his army and he's about to come stomp down on it's the Baron. It's so and cool. Emperor, it's just like, yeah, it's so this cool. is Star Wars. It's some this of the cool. best yeah. action in, in it may be the best action in literature that I've ever read. It is better than the Napoleon War and War and Peace. Brandon, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Um, No, but shut up. Uh, My biggest surprise, uh, I am tempted to go with Dune. Positive surprise, Johnny T would be another one. I'm just trying to think here. What was I really surprised by? Truly surprised by? Nathan's jaded and surprised by nothing. I'm just jaded and surprised by nothing. Uh, I am with Jake that... I don't think I thought To Kill a Mockingbird was going to suck or anything, but the fact that it was as brilliant as it was was not something that I was prepared for. Um, it's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. It is one of the great American novels. I was not surprised by that, but that's because I had just read it like four times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> You know what? I'm going to go with... Sorry, Brandon. I'm going with Dune. It surprised Dude, me how much I, en- I enjoyed it. it. I really liked it. You know what? We don't have to agree on everything. No, we don't. I'll just stab you with my Chris knife. Yeah, well, whatever. Sandworm. Give your <laughs> give your body to... Give your water to the desert or whatever. <laughs> All right, guys. Next category. I mean, I I really like Dune. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that it's not better than it is, <laughs> but... It's a fun. It's it's worth. It's every, I think most people that like that sort of stuff, that like Star Wars, they should read Dune once. It's good. Yeah, it's you don't good. have to read the sequel. They should read it once, but I don't know. I just found myself not wanting to read it. <laughs> well, um, you know, you're fat. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Best. You mean PHAT, right? Yeah, PHAT, meaning a large mass of bodily uh, fat. <laughs> PHAT. All that. Like Baron Hart, yeah, Arconin, baggage. you've yeah. got little uh, floating <laughs> suspenders. Whatever that guy had. <laughs> Do, I? Do I? No, Brandon, you're not as fat as Baron Hart. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. And, and anyone that says he is. <laughs> can take it up with us. Can take it up with us. <laughs> Brandon is not as fat as Baron Harkonnen. We've said it here, folks. <laughs> Do not accuse Brandon of being Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> he is not. Come at us, bro. Yeah, come on. Don't at us, bro. All right. Best setting. So you've got <laughs> say that again. Sitting. Sitting. Oh my gosh, I want to slap you. <laughs> and so you should. So you've got War and Peace got, has got some good settings. Petersburg. Yeah. Wait, so any number of settings from a, a book or like just a, book, a scene a, with the best setting? Yeah. Oh boy, that's an interesting question. Yeah, let's go with the best individual setting from a book. So it's so the best so it's, scene. No, we're getting the, the best. best setting within a any book a like setting is setting like that... uh, Lothlorien as a setting or Petersburg as a setting or it's <laughs> okay. the best place where a book took place the desert in Dune Arrakis is a setting I guess okay so this is a weird category and that's a hard category it is a hard category so War and Peace you've got the battlefield you've got Petersburg and yeah. you've got uh, <clears throat> the sleigh ride the sleigh ride that's it right but there. That's, that's a scene I don't know uh, no but the, but what's the, the what categories do, do we have left between the scene and the uh, so much of what makes that scene great is the setting yeah I mean right? what do we have like, left here well, the difference. So, as, yeah, tell us the rest of the categories. Uh, we've got a lot. We've got best line, best style, best villain. Oh, we don't have best scene. Okay, so never mind. This is it. Then. This is best. Scene. Just four categories. Okay, so I'm just yeah. Okay, fine. Best scene. You know what? Best scene, and if you want to differentiate setting, just I for don't fun want to. This, okay. If we want to <laughs> differentiate setting, fun. then let's do setting uh, for the whole book. 
instead of then i know yeah i got okay. my answer for both all right then. all right best setting for the whole book and then we'll do best scene this is going to show my love for two of the novels okay and yeah. um you want me to go ahead? obviously yeah go ahead my best setting is make for to kill a mockingbird because mm-hmm. i think that's the perfect setting for that book you feel the world you feel all the houses you feel the courthouse you feel the centrality of everything she captures that feeling of small town america perfectly mm-hmm. that's the setting it, okay best okay. setting it's Either best scene. No, wait, wait. wait. You, we're just doing. We'll one, just right? do setting and then scene. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's either going to be Russia. Mm-hmm. It's going to be. I mean, him, or it's going to be Middle yes, Earth. Yes, my answer really is Russia. That's I mean, my I, real answer. If, if somebody but, wanted to dark horse Dune here, I think Dune would actually be say, a fair contender for this. Arrakis, Arrakis, Arrakis but, yeah. but, yeah, so, but but you're not going to. Arrakis isn't going to beat Middle Earth once you open. <laughs> yeah. So a, here's yeah. here's here's my okay, strategy so, here. I'm only giving War and Peace. The clear win when, like, he's so far ahead of everyone else that he clearly wins. And you okay. think he's so far ahead of Middle Earth, one of the most evocative settings of 20th century literature? No, that that's what I'm no, saying. Is I he think he went the, with Makem. I'm saying the other places are in the running. Now. Oh, okay, right. But like oh, with I'm setting, sorry. it's yeah. the Troika ride. There's no but in the scene. It's the Troika ride. Okay, Nobody yeah, else yeah, even yeah, comes yeah. close. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it, Brandon. We'll get to it. But setting, all these other writers have enough mastery with their setting that they deserve to have entrance into the. But I think yes, Middle Earth's amazing. It should be in there, but I still think that Harper Lee takes it with Makem. Okay, uh, and and what is your decision for setting, Jake? I mean, uh, so it's Russia, and none of us it is would... going to choose England and no, Austin. No, none of that. I mean, you could argue that Oceania is an interesting setting, at least, but uh, the, you don't get gonna, enough it's good, of it. Just like you can argue that Arrakis is, but it's going to be Middle Earth, Makem, or Russia, and. I'm just going to say I have to go with Middle Earth simply because of how creatively unique and wonderful it is. Uh, Tolstoy doesn't need Russia to be Russia to tell a story. No, it could be France. He could tell the the same kind of story in France. Yeah. Makem, you're right, is perfect for To Kill a Mockingbird, but Makem is is still as well drawn as it is. It's just southern small town America that's not special or unique as a setting. It's a good point. Yeah. Middle Earth blows the doors open on what a setting can be. The cat's universe. The cat's averse. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going with Middle Earth. That is a good answer, Jake. I, I really thought Jake was going with the, the cat's verse. Um, <laughs> Middle Earth is the obvious answer and I think probably the, ultimately the right answer because... I mean, Rivendell. Don't try, to, don't try to impose your opinions on me. Nate. I think ultimately, if someone is thinking straight and being objective, Mr. it's Mr. Middle Earth. Mr. Anna Karenina is better than War and Peace. Oh, come on. Everybody knows that. Anna Karenina is better than War and Peace. War and Peace is better. No. no. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Anna Karenina. Anna Karenina has all of the virtues of War and Peace plus a plot. Yeah, man, minus some of the detriments. Uh, Anna Karenina has the detriments. This is an argument for another <laughs> yeah. podcast. We've had it <laughs> several we had times. It. We've, we've had it again. Yeah. We've had it. We've had it. All of these books could take place somewhere else, actually, except for Lord of the Rings. I mean, you could transplant War and Peace. Ultimately, It is about the Russian character. You couldn't really, but you kind of could for the purposes of argument. Austin, same thing. Johnny T, I guess not, but who cares about Johnny T? Blah, blah, blah. Going down the list here. Megan, I think that's a strong contender. That's a good choice, Brandon. It, it is the best evocation of small town mid-century america that i've ever read and what a hack thing to try and pull off like how many bad yeah, novels have we all absolutely read? Uh, and that was part of the thing that we talked about like yeah to be able to do this and not make it cliche and make it yeah. be this vibrant and this alive and this real and not feel like mayberry but also not feel like some dark david lynchian like yeah <laughs> the things that lurk beneath mayberry but just feel like a real town good stuff you could say that the void of waiting for Godot was uh, pretty iconic setting, I guess. Yeah, tree where they the tree. they want to hang themselves. Setting. I am just. I, I think Lord of the Rings is probably the right answer, but I am going to give a little bit of love, just for fun, to Never Let Me Go. Actually, um, that's going to be my that's, answer. Yeah, that's a good choice. I think the boarding school. I don't even remember its name, honestly. Hogwarts, I think. Right, Hogwarts, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Hogwarts is really evocative and you really remember it and it sticks with you and you kind of know the landscape of it you don't know the landscape like you know hogwarts you don't know the west wing and the east wing but you know no but i have a place when you mentioned the boarding school i don't know why i can't remember the name of it but i it's very vivid i have it it is very vivid picture of it in in sort of a dreamlike way it's just like oh i've been there and in, in terms of a setting that 
<laughs> has intrinsic emotion to it. A, a, a setting as setting, you know, is just a setting that means something like this. The fact that I feel like I could go to England and find that place and just stand and in its ruins. Uh, there's something very evocative about mm-hmm. what he captures, the nostalgia that Kathy has for it. It just captures something very real about the way that we remember our own schools about or, or places that we grew up and the terror and wonder of that. I don't even know how to quantify it or qualify it exactly, but it's a great setting. And I just want to use this category to throw a little dark horse love at it. So there you go. Good answer. Good answer. Thanks, Brandon. And the survey says, ding, ding, more in peace is better than Anna Karenina. What? Go, keep going. Let's not even pay attention to what I just said. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Brennan's doing his own booking over there. Family, All right. family Feud? Yeah, no, I like Family Feud. But Family Feud would never say that Anacronon is better. No, wait, I played in your hands there. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, you said it. And Freud would say that you said what you meant. All right, well, best line, fellas. You know what? I'm going to throw some, some love to cats. <laughs> Memory all alone no, in the moonlight. No, stop it. McCavity, McCavity, there's no one like McCavity. He's broken every human law. He breaks the laws of gravity. I think it's a great children's poem. Taylor Swift does a great job uh, performing it. Oh, man. Okay, whatever. You know what? <laughs> it's the scene when Pierre sees the comet. That scene, that whole scene, the greatest line. Ah, you got to be able to quote the line, man. That's what I say. Something from Shakespeare, or it was a cold, clear day in December, or in a hole in the ground, or a little hobbit, or... Godot, he's... Well, then, okay, yeah, the best line, then, is um, it's what men choose to do with the times that he given to them by Gandalf. Yeah, you might just win with that. I was trying to decide between that and not all tears are evil. Mm, that's a good line, too. <laughs> I had been thinking about that bit that Sam gives about the stars. Mm, that's yeah. pretty good, too. But it's not the kind of line that's stuck Just the way that idea kind of it's the idea of it is what's beautiful more than the line. Mm-hmm. So do all who see such times, but all we have to do is decide to do what the time is that is given to do yeah. what the time that is given us. Yeah. Is that what you guys are? That's I, feel, I, I just think, that's the best. Every year we're surprised by this category. It's but I think it's right that we're surprised by the category. It's like, what do you actually remember? What sticks, yeah. right? And it, it is not fair to the other books that... There's a famous movie version. Iconic. There's a, yeah, a famous iconic movie version where that line is taken from Tolkien's context. Put into a better put into context. a better context and then delivered by Ian McKellen. Sorry, Ian McKellen. So... We'll get Ian McKellen to come on the podcast and read us John as your main. We'll see if... It, um, it <laughs> another great line, I mean... I think all the great lines that stick with me just looking at these come from Tolstoy. They all come from Tolkien. Yeah. Even if (laughs) it's, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you Mm -hmm. or I'm glad to be here alone with you, Samwise at the end of all things. Yeah. It's pretty great. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's Tolkien. Tolkien gets the best lines. Let's just give it to him. I mean, I really think without any argument, Tolkien, I don't think it's just because they're iconic from the movie or anything. I think, I think Tolkien just knows how to, have that killer little moment that encapsulates everything. Yeah. Now I bet that if we had been more invested in the hollow crown or more familiar, or if we just went back and looked, yeah, I was trying to, think. if we went back and looked at if we just searched, took those three plays and set searched best Shakespeare lines, we'd have like 10 lines that are, that we all actually know. And winter of our discontent, I can think of, and uh, I can smile and play a villain. Unfortunately, Cumberbatch kind of soured us on Richard III, but Richard III has a lot of killer lines. I still think it goes to Tolkien. Yeah. On on a, just a heart level. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. Next I category. mean, the Benny Gesserit have a lot of wisdom though, Brandon. I mean, next category. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. <laughs> I certainly said that. Next category. Hey, I didn't even say my best line. So are, are you guys like, both choosing? We all agree it's Tolkien, I think. Are you guys both choosing time to do with us? Yeah, or whatever. That time to do with us. Time to do with us. I think I. Th- all right. You know, I'm going to actually go with with not all tears are evil. That's I, and, that's a good one. And the reason is because not only is it a great line in and of itself, it comes at a perfect time. When I was reading that book to my kids, and I've got kids listening, spanning from twelve to about seven, listening. 
Some of those kids needed to be told by, as you made the case earlier in a, a previous episode, the greatest mentor maybe in all of literary history mm-hmm. that I do, I, I, I do not say do not weep for not all tears are evil. They needed to be given permission to cry because it was sad. And so a great line in and of itself at the end of the greatest fantasy trilogy of all time mm-hmm. at one of the most emotionally cathartic moments, giving 12-year-old boys not just the permission, but even the mandate the mandate mm-hmm. to go ahead and cry it out because it's okay. You should cry at this. And there are things that you should cry about. Men cry. Mm-hmm. And this is sad. And so, you know, Gandalf the White saying, go cry, son. It's okay. Pretty great. It's what you need to do. All of that makes it a great line in and of itself and a really powerful line in context. Great authors tell you how to feel about their works, actually, within the text. It's something they do. Do it subtly. Don't do it cheesily. Don't do it badly, but there's a way to do it and there's a way it should be done. Mm, I'm going to go with something from Tolkien as well. Although I do want to throw a l- little bit of uh, props to You Love Big Brother. That's a pretty great line from 1984. Yeah. But I'm it's gonna dumb g- that we didn't think to mention that. Yep. Well, it's good that we thought. Actually, we, we just did. Yeah. Nathan did. We did not. I feel dumb for not thinking about it. We did not commit a thought crime there. And it's like the last line of any of these books that, I, that I've read. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, so, in terms of like a line that sticks you know, with you, sticks with you, could go on a poster or a calendar. It's like just one of those. Like, well, lines. Uh, I don't sure it counts as a quote, but uh, never let me go as a title is pretty great. It is pretty great. That's true. It is a quote from that book. It's pretty moving. Mockingbird, yeah. it occurs to me, probably has some stuff that we should give more love to than we have. Uh, Can't think of them. They don't strike me off the top yeah, of my exactly. I mean, it's a Cindy Kill Mockingbird. There is a good one. The, uh, it has a swear in it, but he, when he says, do your duty, yeah. right at the end of his speech. Mm-hmm. So Good stuff. Tolkien is brilliant at just making little wry observations and things that stick with you or... Having characters that are wise actually be wise, unlike a certain Miss Rawling that we've talked about before. So I love me some Lord of the Rings. The lines that have kind of stuck with me over the years have been the really uh, funny or observant ones. And my favorite speech, just in terms of something that I think of almost every day when someone says this to me, is the Gandalf's good morning speech in The Hobbit. What do you mean by good morning? Do you mean like it's a morning to be good on or you're feeling it's good whether you feel it or not or you're feeling good or i really love that speech so i'm gonna give it to that because it's funny and something that i think of literally all the time literally literally all the time okay uh bringing us to our next category fellas best we kind of skipped over best scene didn't we we said we were gonna you said troika yeah what's your best we did i'm I'm just gonna line up with with that because it's such a Beautiful it's an iconic scene. scene. Okay. It's similar to the raindrops on Maybe the back. Maybe cop out, but... Uh, it's a good choice. Um, I'm going to say... Troy Kent. Good job. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Balrog fight? That's a good one. Okay. <clears throat> say a scene, Nathan. Get it over with. Go. Uh, uh, Balrog fight. Good choice. Best scene of the year. She I love it. I love it when Pierre fights the Balrog. That's yeah, amazing. No, it's great. I'm coming. I'm changing mine. Shelob. Shelob's a good, good answer. I'm sticking with Troika scene. Troika scene's one of the it's best awesome. scenes in literature. It's awesome. It's great. From it's dumb. <laughs> the only reason I'm I went with Shelob is because I just made myself emotional about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I've decided it's more interesting to disagree and to not be objective. Yep. That's Troika a, is the best scene. It is. It I is, agree. It I is, agree. Is, it is good to disagree. It is great. Yeah, and, um, we all love Big But greatest scene from the greatest work of literature. What's that? Uh, yeah, Troika scene, best scene in literature? I mean, one of the greatest scenes and one of the greatest works of literature. Yeah, uh, Troika scene. Full like, of a lot of... Top 10 literary scenes of all time. Sure, yeah. I'll give it to you. Go ahead. Next scene, Next thing. Next. Okay. Moving right along here, folks. We have definitely not been recording all day long. Uh, de- no, definitely not. Best style. So let's... Use- Harper Lee. Tolstoy. Harper Lee. Tolstoy. You're wrong. Dune. Come on, guys. 
Okay. And there's a fight between me and Jake. <laughs> <laughs> My sandworm's going to eat you. <laughs> well, let me. I'm standing close enough to you that if it eats me, it's going to. Ishiguro could be entered into the conversation pretty easily. Yeah, lots of people. And as people from previous years know, we just don't put Shakespeare in these. Uh, but Austin. Or Austin, really. I mean, they're both. They just kind of don't count. Tip top. Yeah. Also, well, I mean, neither argu- one of their best works. I don't. I, arguably, yeah. Tolstoy's right up there with both of them. But yeah, but he's never gonna. <laughs> he doesn't show up very often, so we let so, him compete. He gets to sweep awards. Yeah, he's just he's he's so good that he actually transcends goodness. Yeah, I think that Jake's correct and Brandon is incorrect uh, about style. Yeah, I mean, War and Peace is an amazing work of literature, but just in terms of style. I mean, I'll, st- style alone. I'll, gr- I'll grant you. This, okay, go ahead. If, it, if the category were storytelling, then I don't know why we even ha- would have to have the conversation. There's Tol- Tolstoy and there's everybody else. Yeah. Observations of human nature. Yes, Tolstoy. Tolstoy sweeps all kinds of things, but just in terms of style, the trick that she pulls off with Scout. The line that she walks from start to finish. Between adult Scout, kid Scout. Is... Yeah. is a masterpiece it's absolute pure genius oh, i've never man. felt like and, and and that you don't even like you can read it and not even know that it doesn't draw any attention to itself it's just yeah it's just perfect it's just like it is so good and there's yeah. so many ways it could have gone wrong yeah i mean i agree it's a it's a, it's an impressive feat but you also could say the exact same things about tolstoy like, and no, you can't. Yeah. no you can't you can't say that tolstoy walked a line well, you can't say he walked that almost line. that almost broke his story. What you can say is that Tolstoy's beat on human nature, his storytelling ability, his sense of just how to carry you along, he could have his style could have sucked and it would still be awesome. But his his ambitions are not the same as hers. I think her she shoots. Yeah, higher. but his his style doesn't get in the way. He's not like if his, if, his if, if you brought his style down. A couple pegs, you still have the best novel on the on the list. Yeah, but you what you if, have with if she fails with her what she's trying to do from a stylistic standpoint, everything comes to pieces. I understand what you're saying, but it's still he matches some of the greatest style with some of the greatest storytelling, and so you get you know you know what you're wrong. Tolstoy sucks at style. That's what we're saying. Yeah, <laughs> he's the worst. I think there's Dune and then a few pegs below. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're arguing about here. Johnny Tremaine or War and Peace. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll not, not the same. You know? I'll, I'll give the award to Harper Lee this year. Uh, question. But do you speak uh, Russian? I'm putting Tolstoy in the cat. I'm, Have you I'm ever giving him the read same. Tolstoy? Here's what I'll do, guys. You, I'll, here's the concession I'll make. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to Harper Lee, but I'm putting Tolstoy in the same just category as Austin and Shakespeare. Is why are we even talking about it? All right, <laughs> I think that's fair. I accept. That. I think that's fair. All right, all right, guys. Now this is a fun category, I think, because it's impressive. I mean, she's amazing. What she did was amazing. Uh, yeah. So I'm not arguing there. Mm-hmm. I love that book. Mm-hmm. Enough that I've read it literally six times in the you're, last two years. You're talking about Dune now. <laughs> yes. Because um, I do think he's a she because right. only an effeminate man could write that book. <laughs> that's, <laughs> not, that's not even true. I don't even know why I said that. He just wanted to draw blood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with your cis knife or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> cis, cis, don't, uh, don't even think that's true. <laughs> uh, best villain. So War and Peace has some uh, uh, Anatole. What's Dolikov that? Dolikov definitely has to great. be in the running. Sense and Sensibility has got Willoughby. Kind of a proto Austin villain. I mean, yeah. Johnny Tremaine's got the British, I guess, that bully guy. Wow. Uh, Trevor of the Swan doesn't really have a villain. Um, O'Brien from 1984. Strickland in Sixpence. I think Strickland's or, pretty good. He, he's, he's, he could be in the running. Godot. Uh, Sauron. Yeah, Sora, uh, so Tolstoy. Sauron. Sauron's a good choice, actually. Somebody could make an argument for Gollum, even though Jake already used him in yeah. another category. The Yules, Bob Yule, Society. Society and Never Let Me Go. Uh, Baron Harkonnen, the Brandon surrogate character. Yeah. Um, here, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Best villain. I think I should put the... I haven't made myself go first in a while. Boy, but I don't know what my answer is. There's, I know what my answer is. Anatole was the villain that I hated the most this year. Yeah, Reading, Anatole and, and Helena. Oh, I forgot about Helena. Helena is my actual villain. answer. Helena is a good villain. She's a... I, I don't know that lady. anybody made me... Can you imagine Helena you know, with a ring? I, uh, <laughs> let me just say, 
we're all just going to blithely pass over Richard. And th- I think we're that's okay, but we just need to know. You know, Richard in a, in a good year, Richard would have a better performer playing him. I think Cumberbatch lost it for Richard this yeah. year. But um, I have never, I, I cannot, in terms of a villain that has made me think, I hate you so much. I am angry to the point of tears because you are evil. Helena and in, in, in Anatole. In Anatole. There's just no, nobody the touches family. that. The, Cur- yeah. the Kurrigans are the worst. They are kind I of the hate worst. Them. I, I think they might be the only villains this year that I actually really felt that, felt that on visceral a visceral feeling. level, yeah. right? Like, like, you know, Baron Harkonnen, like, he's the bad guy, whatever. And actually, that's the same for the Lord of the Rings bad guy. Exactly. To, to yeah. the extent where you feel anger towards Helena that you feel towards real world people who are Helena types. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, I, I You immediately flash you, to the hateful person in your life that... Has caused destruction to... And, and done it for no good reason. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That scene where they're... Or the, the section where they're seducing kitty is by far the it's so evil the most evil true to life evil true to life and the one part where that book really becomes kind of a pot boiler and you're on your at the edge of your seat oh yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, sorry what did i say say kitty uh yeah no kitty sorry kitty he was flashing to the the the, the, the better (laughs) right i don't think kitty would have been seduced by him no but levin would have been really worried she was Uh, yeah no (laughs) levin would have punched the wrong person probably yeah. <laughs> that's what Levin does yeah nobody I mean Willoughby's fine but Austin's done it better if you wanted to like if, if I was going to do a dark horse maybe I'd say like society and never let me go right. man like that's, that's the, the other visceral the feeling thing. like oh no people yeah. suck and you got to give some love to Lord of the Rings for some truly iconic villains. <laughs> the Witch we King, don't have C.S. Lewis or Witch King, Wormtongue. Wormtongue. What's, we don't have C.S. Lewis in the running for this year. <laughs> yeah, we don't have our true villain. <laughs> Remember when we did that? Yeah, I think we, we did, we we did have, that. Uh, Samuel Beckett actually Samuel Beckett. couldn't be in the running, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not going to Charles him. He, Charles uh, Jerkface from Strickland. Strickland. Yeah. Strickland. Insofar as Strickland sums up so many things that we preach against on the bookening all the time, I feel like we almost ought to give it to him. But the Kurrigans, I, I think obviously. I think it. it's the Kurrigan family. Yep. Because yeah. what Tolstoy actually really understands is how wicked just a family can be. Yeah. And so. They're just. I hate them. They're petty. There's nothing yeah, about I, their, there's nothing grandiose about their villainy. They're just real life down to earth, selfish people yep. that destroy they, other people. They, they are who the imprecatory psalms are written for. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sauron wants to dominate the world. Oh. (laughs) No, well, I mean, seriously, though, like, at least Sauron's trying to do something big. Go big or go home. (laughs) Those guys are just like, hey, if we destroy this random innocent young lady, that could be fun. That that could give us kicks. Relieve our boredom for the next couple days. Who would have thought there'd be somebody that can make you like the Kurrigans? But Sauron... I mean, who can make you like Sauron? Sorry. <laughs> Sauron, you're not so bad. <laughs> yeah, no, Sauron's great. And yeah. as you said, Brandon, don't give the ring to those Kurrigans. What would they do with it? They'd be terrifying. I mean, they they just like sleep around with it. I mean, that's the thing. They yeah. they just be like, let's destroy forty people because it'd be fun. But if you're in their circle, you, it's it's going to be awful for you. I, you could say society and to kill a mockingbird too. That's yeah. True. Which is true, but I'm not going to give it to, and I'm yeah. not going to give it to Bob Ewell. I actually think he's one of the weaker parts of a perfect novel. Okay. Worst book. Brandon. <laughs> Guys are going to hate me for this. War and Peace. Godot. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to go, go, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a safe choice. I'm going to say Waiting for Godot. Yeah, you should. Yep. Don't say Dune. It's Waiting for Godot. Yep. Dune aims little. If if Dune was in any other year, aims small and misses small. (laughs) If you didn't, yeah, if you didn't have waiting for Godot up on this list, then Dune would win. But it's waiting for Godot for sure. No, no question about it. Just like there's really no question about the next choice either. Uh, Be Godot, then it would be six. Be Godot, sixpence Swan. Yeah, I hate to put Swan so low, but if I had to rank them, I mean, Swan's not going to be very high. Well, I mean, we are talking about classic literature, classic works of literature here. There's, somebody's got to be at the bottom. I think the only legitimately bad thing we read from this year is Waiting for Godot. Yeah. And I I mean, I'll even say, I mean, like, I think I admitted as much in our episodes on Dune. I didn't hate it that much. Yeah. I was just more indifferent towards it. I would say Terminator of the Swan aims small and hits small. Like I shouldn't even say I hate it that much. I didn't hate Dune. I didn't hate Dune. I was just indifferent towards it. That's all. I, I bet if they do a good job on the movie, you'll really like the movie because you tend to 
like that sort of thing in non-literary I, I found I f- yeah. yeah I think that my problem is that you let yourself be a pro when it comes to anything no I think that I'm fine with it if it's a shorter I think, f- I think it's a former I think it's a shorter format I have some sympathy for that that's that's one of the th- reasons I was the snobbiest person about Harry Potter it's just like for the nutrition I'm getting from this yeah, I, mean, I have I, to read seven of these things with like a billion pages so each. I buy the argument that I allow myself to be a pro with movies but I think the reason I do is because I don't have to invest as much of my time into a movie I, there's some truth to it. with that. a novel I've got to invest like 10-12 yeah. hours into Dune yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, for what you fair. get out of Dune it takes a long time to yeah. read Dune and it's that's, a big book yeah and so. I don't think if they do the movie right I don't know that anybody ever has to go and read that book no they can just watch the yeah. movie I think that's totally fair can I check and see if there's somebody actually out there or what the heck's going that'd on? That'd be nice. Yeah. Because it Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> one of the creepy... Oh. One of the creepier moments of my life is when we saw something during the Dracula episode. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah. yeah. It really happened, that, right? That was legitimately weird, yeah. Yeah, something went by that door. I mean, I somebody just had to be in the building. That's Had to be. Something happened. I mean, if somebody came forward like years later and said, oh, yeah, I, I punked you guys, it wouldn't shock me. Your flashlight's on, Brandon. I know, I just turned it off. <laughs> All right, guys. <sighs> this is going to be a really hard Can I go first? Conversation. I think it won't be su- a surprise. Mm-hmm. Johnny but I'm also going to enter in because this is the first year where we've actually... No, actually, it's not the first year. Oh, wait. Did we it's, actually all say our worst book? Uh, I'll go with Gato. Uh, we're all going is with really Gato. Yeah, is there yeah, really a debate? I'll let go and let Gato. Yeah. <laughs> So this is one of the rare years where we get to enter our big three into the mm-hmm. running. Yeah. We get Warren, we get Tolstoy, Austin, and Shakespeare. And I think with these representative works from them, I think Tolstoy takes it this year. Absolutely. Warren no question. Piece. Pride and Prejudice was up there in Hamlet. It'd be a, it'd be a fight, mm-hmm. but yeah. not no, this year. War, war and Peace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the top five things we've read. It goes right up there with the book and in classics that are what pride and prejudice anna karenina i think it's better than east of eden yeah no um, question about that huck finn huck finn to kill yeah. a mockingbird i to guess kill a mockingbird i think would be up there yeah the, the legitimate argument is to kill a mockingbird yeah if we didn't do war and peace and the fact that if we're talking about just like one book for our time capsule mm-hmm. and we already have anna karenina in it you might want to put we we need that sh- well but we also already have huck finn in it so yeah. Lord of the Rings, is that what you're thinking? Yeah. I I think there's an argument could, to be you made. You could at least make that argument, yeah. I, it, to Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Lord of the Rings just as pure literature doesn't hold up to any of these other books, but as uh, the best representative of, of, its, a, of its kind. Of a genre. Yeah. Of a genre. Nothing else in that genre that I know of touches it. No. Before or since, and it is kind of the before. <laughs> like it is the prototype and it's never been lived up to so lord of the rings to kill a mockingbird and war war and peace are the only things that should in my opinion be in this discussion i agree with that i mean i would be sad to lose any austin but sense and sensibility isn't my favorite in terms of just like mental handles that i would be sad not to have i would really miss i mean i wouldn't miss because they'd be eradicated from my memory but if you just took you know, said Nathan, you can never talk about Gandalf again. You can never talk about Frodo or the ring. Those bits of iconography and types are so useful and so fun and so cool to have that I think you could actually, I could maybe talk myself into Lord of the Rings, even though I don't think it well, was a candle to he, here's, my enjoyment here's another, of War and Peace. Here's another argument for Lord of the Rings. What on this list can you have handles with and use as an adult that you can also turn around and give to your kids? I mean, the versatility, a book for all seasons, a book mm-hmm. for all ages, Ness of Lord of the Rings is a, although when you said, you know, useful handles to lose 1984. That's where I thought yeah. we were going actually. Is, would be a shame, Not, but it's, it's for the ideas and the handles. Yeah. It's nothing to do with it as literature. Nothing as literature makes it worthy of this conversation, only as a couple of handles, an idea, a, a short story mm-hmm. that gave us the same handles would be just as effective. Just as effective. Useful. Yeah. But and one of us not going to follow our hearts to War and Peace. It's the book that we love and that we. It's it's the second best book I've ever read. After. Anna Karenina. 
Those are the top two for those me are, too. Yeah, I, I mean, it's this. I basically, I think we kind of we we jokingly debate about these two books, but right. they're both the top two. books. They're kind of just like one. Like Tolstoy is the best thing we've ever read. You could imagine Levin being a part of the World War and Peace universe. You could imagine Pierre walking into the Anna mm-hmm. Karenina universe. The extended Tolstoy verse. So they together are the two. I mean, he, Tolstoy managed to write the two greatest works of fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way I get around it, and I know it's just a bit of self-justification here, is that I argue that War and Peace simply is just not a traditional novel, but but whatever. So the best novel is Anna Karenina and the best whatever it is. The is best War work of fiction is War and Peace. Yeah. So. But we're not, that's not our debate here. War and well, Peace. Well, for that reason. If we can. If if our time capsule, is that what we're doing? Like one book from each year? I mean, Did we do that? If I could have. I never to... planned for that, but I think we always end up talking about that. Okay, so, so I want to know what we already have in the time capsule. I don't think we've ever kept track. Listeners, if Anna you know, Karina, let us know. Huck Pride, Finn, I think. Probably Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. I think Pride and Prejudice would be Huck Finn. That was the same year. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, Pride and Prejudice from year one, Anna, Anna Karenina from year two, year three would have been years three and four. Um, Hang on. It usually ends up being our Christmas episode, right? What would year two have been? A Harry po- Would Harry Potter have made it? No. Blake House? No. Let's see. Let's get them through episode 50. Old Man in the Sea, maybe? I'm not seeing much in 19 that we would have done. Midnight's Children, The Crucible... War and Peace is technically 2019, I guess. No, it's 2020. Remains of the... Oh, maybe Charlotte's Web, actually. I wonder if we didn't do Charlotte's Web. Oh, I bet we did. I think we probably did. <clears throat> I think we did. I think so we, we put Charlotte's Web in the there. Okay. So, and, I, I vaguely remember doing that. Uh, the Odyssey may have made it in there. And I think that from that year, that was a weird year. Which one? 19. 19 was a weird year. I don't know that there was any standout that year. It was a good year, but I don't know that there was a standout. So, wait, so we're saying 17 was what? <clears throat> Pride and Prejudice. Okay. And then? 18 would have been Anna Kay, without a doubt. 19 would have been, we think, Charlotte's Web. Uh, when did um, My Antonia do a thing? Cause... 16 would have been Pride and Prejudice, guys. Yeah. 17, 17 would have been Kay. Anna Karenina. 18 would have been Charlotte's Web. 19 is the weird year that we don't really know. Did we? Would we have put... Chronicles of Narnia in there? I could see us making that argument. Or is that the year where... Uh, yeah, I don't even know if we did it last year because we had a fantasy draft instead. Yeah, that's right. 18 is Charlotte's Web. Yeah, 19 we skipped. 18, I could see us making an argument for, for the, the Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. yeah. But I don't remember. No, we, we definitely did Charlotte's Web because okay. we said it was the pinnacle of children's lit. Well, let me go ahead and make a list of that right now. So, uh, time capsule books are... Well, then... Okay, so... Way back to the discussion. What are what are the books that go in the time capsule? Just so I can remember them. Pride and Prejudice. Year. Pride and Prejudice from 2016. Anna, Anna Karenina from 2017. Charlotte's Web from 2018. Nothing from 2019. Do we want to throw one in from 19 just now? Just is there an easy one to throw in? I'm looking at it, trying to figure it out. Not really. Magician's nephew. <laughs> Chronicles Midnight's of Narnia. Children. That's I can't go in the time capsule. Midnight's Children Chronicles of Narnia, uh, The Willows. <laughs> um, <laughs> Should we just give it to Narnia? I mean, Old Man in the Sea. I think it's Old Man in the Sea or, or Narnia. I mean, Jane Eyre. I probably would have been s- persuasion. I probably would have had such a strong gut Gatsby? reaction. Gatsby. I'm not putting that in my time capsule. Yeah. I think I would have had a so- such a strong gut reaction against having Narnia in there that I would have argued for Old Man in the Sea. What if we can vote to pick nothing and go back and rescue something from a previous year? Let's do it. Okay. And then and then that brings us to East of Eden, in my opinion. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. So. <laughs> we chose to axe all of 2019 and go back and rescue East of Eden from 2016. So we've got Pride and Prejudice, Anna Kay, Charlotte's Web, and East of Eden are in the time. I think we probably have argued in the past that Shakespeare's just in there. Yeah. And... But no, I don't think he gets a pass, right? He's 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 had to go against all these other works. Yeah, I think for time capsule purposes. Yeah, we just haven't read the Shakespeare that has made us want to put him in there yet. Well, yeah. We're doing Hamlet next year, aren't we? Like that that's a good. Yeah. I'm gonna argue for time capsule for that. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. So I'm gonna say last year we put nothing in, but we just used that slot to go back and rescue East of Eden. 
So last year is when we went back and rescued East of Eden because we didn't use that slot. I agree with that. Well, then I think that I know what I'm going to do. Can I say? Yeah. I love War and Peace, but we've already got Anna Kay. We've got Tolstoy in there. If I'm going to have to save anything, I don't think that I would be happy with thinking about reading for the rest of my life without being able to go back and read. (laughs) This is a nice buildup. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm going with the Lord of the Rings. Uh, it pains I, me to consign To Kill a Mockingbird know, to the that's what it came apocalyptic yeah, That's what it came down to. I was, as soon as I was about to say it, I was like, but I'm never going to well, be able to read about he, Scout and Jim again. What, what we can do, though, is we can... Well, we should have a secondary list of passed over books mm-hmm. that get added to the list that go up against any year's books. Well, War and Peace and To Kill a Mockingbird have to both be on that list. Mm-hmm. Both War and Peace and to, Kim- and to Kill a Mockingbird and are already on the list. Huck Finn should be on the list. Uh, my Antonia. I'm and My Antonia should be on the list. Remains of the day. And <laughs> never it's Let never Me Go is better. Never Let Me Go should be on. I'll list. just put both of them on there. This is, this is, yeah. n- none of these the are list. actually going in the time capsule, so. Um, yeah. Because we'll probably never have another year like 2019. <laughs> Maybe we will. Um, I don't know. I could see not arguing for Hamlet and going for one of these others. Uh, Emma should be on the list. What yeah, should? that's true. Uh, if Mansfield Park just had a better ending, I'd put it on there. But Emma really is the other Austin of to be, yeah. I think. Yeah. King Lear. <laughs> Macbeth. Uh, I mean, Lear probably does deserve it. It um, does. Okay, well, uh, this was a fun year. It was. Oh, no, Jake was just eaten by velociraptors. It was really violent. Mm-hmm. There's blood everywhere. Some tendrils hanging off of Brandon's head. Yeah, let me get those off real fast. All right. Yep. They're off now. Okay, good. All right. Whew. Yeah. Hope it comes off. This blood, I really like this shirt. Yeah, that'd be a shame if Jake ruined your shirt like that. I know. Jake's so thoughtless. Yeah. Come on, All dude. Who thinks about his shirt? Well, guess what? His shirt's in tatters now. Yeah. I mean, he's always dressing so nice. But mm-hmm. <laughs> look whose shirt isn't torn up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> Uh, well, that was, our, that was probably our nicest disappearance of Jake ever. You <laughs> <laughs> torn apart by yeah, Velociraptors. Yeah. He's becoming the Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> He's becoming Kenny. <laughs> was that our nicest? I feel like usually he doesn't die. He just gets abducted or falls in a I hole. I was being or... sarcastic, Nathan. Oh. Do you know what sarcasm means? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was like layers of sarcasm. That was a sarcasm cake. Wait, what? That was a sarcasm tiramisu. Brent, I don't know what sarcasm is, so I'm oh. not sure what you're talking oh. about. Okay, Nathan. <laughs> you should really be hosting this then. Literary pro- podcast if you don't know what sarcasm is, buddy. Okay, cool. I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> we have fun on the bookening, don't we, Brandon? We do. <laughs> Speaking of fun, it's fun to give us money at patreon.com forward slash the booking and uh, Brandon, why don't you make a different dinosaur noise for each one of these patrons? <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you give us enough money, you'll become part of the donor shout out club and we'll shout you out. Right, right around to the lovebirds. <laughs> the Art Anthony Dodger. <laughs> Little Anthony Cigar Store. <laughs> the Immortal Chelsea E. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> My favorite dinosaur. <laughs> Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. <laughs> Lily of the Valley. <laughs> Andrew Nestor the Lovebirds. <laughs> the Keith Master. <laughs> David's Mighty Men Trucking. <laughs> oh no. John and Jill Little Baby Max. <laughs> Jane Katie who are cold and love cheese and also C.S. Lewis and Goodly Show we have faces. <laughs> Fairy Princess of Wonder and Happiness Mother Beth. <laughs> Console Prime Adam. <laughs> Jeremy the Dark Hooded Lord of Death. <laughs> Nathan, not me. These are some spooky dinosaurs, man. Maya! Maya. Ryan the Red Avenger, and Judith of the Ladies of Justice. <laughs> Danny the Dude. <laughs> DJ Sammy G. <laughs> Benny and Danny Tiberius. <laughs> Eric and Gathering from Yon Window Break. <laughs> Professor and Lady X. That's as low as I can go. Let's try to go the opposite. Lavender's green, Dylan, Dylan, lavender's blue. Lavender's green, Dylan, Dylan. <laughs> I love you too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Who said that was Winter Cohen singing it? Yeah. <laughs> ah, the Cohen, the Cohensaurus, one of the creepiest, <laughs> most sexually deviant of all dinosaurs. Uh, no constrictor. Speaking of reptiles. Uh, Merit cheap. 
Favorite mate and Chloe. Hey. Anthony, who's cold mate, Fly Flurry, and the Cheese. Jiu Jitsu Jeffrey, the Texas Ranger. Rachel. Rachel. Midnight Ninja Allen. Queen Kenketa. Return of the Jedediah. Jay of Rack and Ruin. as high as I can get there. Woo. Losing my voice. Timmy the Rider of Dawn. Woo. Eric the Gate, the Game of Jedediah, or Warm and Love Bees. What noise have I not made yet? Um. <laughs> oh, good. That's yeah. That's creepy. Man, 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 man. Classic dinosaur that makes the noise of a person falling. <laughs> Sweet Jamie Sunshine. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> I'm sure, a dinosaur sounded like that. Yeah, you know, I don't. We know. would never know. Yeah, we're not dinosaurs. They're dead. Proud of the keeper of eternal darkness, Lord of the keeper of eternal light. <sighs> Cold Steel Cody. <laughs> Jacqueline the Librarian Barbarian <laughs> John Bombadillo Bomb Diggity and Captain Tennille his mate Zach <laughs> <laughs> <Zach> LaVone Alex <laughs> Eric and, Eric, or, uh, sorry Eli the Scarlet Pilgrim oh. can't, you, you're out well you gave us a lot the other hang saxophone on, hang on hang on now no, I got this I got this if my computer's not oh it's the Delasaurus the other saxophone Alex and Dubstep Danny is that a dinosaur? This claims this is the real T-Rex sound. Oh, this is the real T-Rex sound. Yeah. Only the best for Dubstep Danny and the other <laughs> saxophone Alex. <laughs> Are you sure that that wasn't, we're waiting for the T-Rex to show up sound? I don't know. It may have also just been my stomach. <laughs> Brandon did say he was very hungry before this. Ryan the Terror of Texas and Eric of the Cream and Crimson who are cold and stuck in the cold. Please send cheese. Yeah! Yeah! Ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a